Hey everybody, welcome. Hey, we're calling this the Really Late Show. Um, it's usually me and Craig, uh, but Craig is traveling. I, I think that's the best way of phrasing it. So Joe Castle, he's a guy that does her YouTube show um, who on Monday, so you'll know him. Uh, but he's, he's graciously offered to step in. We're going to talk some stuff in the absence of Craig. So Joe, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing better than Craig. I have not been waylaid by the traffic gods. So, but we've all yes. been there. We've all been there. Hope he, hope he gets home soon and safely, and, and we'll do the best we can to carry on in his in his absence. Yeah, you guys don't have any weather down there, do you? I mean, it's a little cool up here. That's only there's I no mean, snow down there. I think. No, right? no. I was I was complaining uh, today about the fact that here in Nashville, it's. Uh, it's gotten down in the 30s the past couple of nights. You know, burr. I'm, I'm done with winter. Then I go, yeah, I sign in for work this morning. It's like, oh, Ohio's looking at snow. <laughs> all the, uh -oh. all the oh, yeah, places, you know, there's places where they were talking about, yeah, there could be some flakes. And I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't want anything to do with that. No, thanks. That's not good. <laughs> nope. Nope. I won't actually... be much and won't last for long, I'm sure. But, you know, I hope, it, actually... does, I hope it doesn't come. I hope everybody's done with the snow for now. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually taking the next two days off, so hopefully, hey, I'm not traveling too far, but I, I don't want snow. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, like driving really... away from my house. That's the wonderful thing about being remote. So seriously, I don't know. <laughs> I'll do it if I got it. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about all kinds of things in the show. Um, we like pop culture, and sometimes I'll be honest, not much. Very fascinating to talk about pop culture. But holy cow, it's like the pop culture news banner weekend. Um, yeah, big time, right? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to protest. I, I've been, we got to talk Oscars. That happened. Uh, if any, if you're a pop culture podcast, you're kind of, uh, what, what do you call it? You, you're not doing what you're doing right if you don't talk about But Yeah, yeah. Feels like an obligation there for sure. Yeah. I, I'm going to move it to number two, though, because. I've I've heard about every podcast take in America today, and I want to talk about <laughs> something else to start. Um, I was kind of sad, Joe. Um, been a couple of pop culture deaths that kind of hit me home. Uh, Norm McDonald by far really just waylaid me. It kind of made me sad for one time. Um, you know, this weekend uh, Taylor Hawkins of Foo Fighters died. Mm -hmm. I like Foo Fighters. I'm a humongous Foo Fighters fan, but I like them. I liked it musically. I don't know too much about Taylor Hawkins, but it kind of bummed me out a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, the guy was 50. Um, mm -hmm. I They're still trying to figure out what the cause of death is. Yeah. Um, some are speculating it could be a drug overdose. I, I will tell you, some of the members of Foo Fighters have had their issues in the past. Right. I, I, I'm not going to say... I don't know the stuff for a fact, so let's just say they've had their issues and everything. Uh, so who knows? But I'm mean, irregardless. Just a, I don't know, a totally sad situation. Uh, Joe, I, I think I've heard you like the Foo Fighters, right? Or am oh I yeah, mistaken? yeah, yeah. I, I, um, from from I remember the first time I heard "This Is a Call," the the debut single off the first album, the the album that that Dave Grohl recorded pretty much by himself, but you know before he actually had a band together. And uh, just, you know, I remember thinking if the Beatles were around today, they'd be doing something similar to this. It felt like that kind of 
foundational rock and roll for the time, you know, and it, even though Hawkins didn't participate in that first album, you know, he came on board shortly thereafter, toured with it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, he's just, he's been a fixture in the music biz forever. I mean, he's, he's super, he was super tight with, with Stevie Nicks. He was, he was the drummer and the backup vocalist for Alanis Morissette on the Jagged yeah. Little Pill days. I mean, you know, just super, super talented. Uh, my wife and I, we watched um, a concert that had been filmed not too long ago, Foo Fighters show that had been filmed not too long ago in Argentina. And part of the set, I'm sure they, they were still doing it. Um, part of the set, Dave and Taylor switched places. Dave Grohl went back and played drums and Taylor Hawkins came up and sang a queen song and nailed it like you know the the line yeah. that, one of the lines that that dave has is like he's the best drummer in the world and the best singer in the world you know which was kind of funny because when dave was in nirvana of course the drummer was the best singer in that band too <laughs> yeah no no offense big nirvana fan here but clearly dave Grohl was the best singer in nirvana and taylor hawkins is the, was the best singer in the foo fighters you know but yeah, well, they, man, it, it broke my heart, man, when I saw that. I was like, oh, that's so sad. Because just they, an all-around good dude, and, and people seem to love him, you know. The, the concert you watched, they cover Under uh, under Pressure? They covered uh, uh, Someone to Love, or Somebody to Love. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because I've seen Under Pressure a lot, and then most recently, I think mm -hmm. in the last tour that they were currently on, uh, they did Under Pressure. There was an ah jeez, I didn't recognize the song, but Dave Lerman had a uh, post on Twitter, and he doesn't usually post on Twitter that much. Mm -hmm. He was a humongous uh, Foo Fighters fan. They were on, well, they were on his show multiple times, mm -hmm. but they were on with some old rocker, and Taylor Hawkins actually came out and sang lead on that. It was just a cover they did. Right. And I was going to say this: I mean, lots of really good Foo Fighters songs. But man, like YouTube, you could just type in Foo Fighters cover or Dave Grohl cover, and some of the covers they did, my goodness, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, with McCartney, and I mean, it just was like a who's who, and you know, I'm all for loyalty to your band, but I love it when these guys have their side projects, like Taylor had a super group last year, Yeah, agreed. Um, Grohl had a metal band that, actually, I think the last weekend was the debut of their album. Uh, Gruel does a lot of uh, just fun covers. I mean, yeah. when they got Nirvana back together and McCartney was singing the lead, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is just crazy. So, yeah, it, it, just a very talented guy. He could sing well. He could drum well. Mm -hmm. um, they always looked like they were having fun. I know there was some inner turmoil. You know, sometimes rock stars when you're involved in stuff, but oh sure, it, sure, it, there was a lot of happy times too. I mean, yeah. I, I know it wasn't 100 percent happy, but it was happy for rock man, I guess. I mean, yeah. I it just I it you know you hate to ask this question because the poor guy died what two days ago, right? I'm wondering what comes of the band. I mean, hopefully we're still going to see a Foo Fighters. Uh, you know, I. I mean, I. it's not like when Taylor stepped in to become the Foo Fighters' second drummer. You know, you're talking about right. they've been playing together now for almost 30 years, right? Right. Um, I, I would hope the band would, would uh, continue if they want to. If they don't, that's cool. Um, I clearly know 
nothing about Taylor Hawkins outside of what I've read. And, you know, no, I have no inside track on anything like that. But it seems to me like he's the kind of dude who would be like, oh, no, y'all got to keep playing. Yeah. Why would you stop playing? Get, there's a there's a million great drummers out there. Audition and get people. Have rotating drummers. I don't care. Do, just but keep playing because the, it was about the music. You know, right. I mean, you're talking about a guy who, uh, um, you know, who helped uh, induct Rush into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a few right. years ago, you know, and right. choked up about it because he's such a huge fan. Um, you know, Dave Grohl and, and Taylor Hawkins helped out with the Dime Bash, which was the, it still is, it's still going on. It's the annual uh, memorial and fundraiser uh, for, uh, uh, in the mem- in memory of Dimebag Daryl, who the guy, former Pantera guitarist, who was gunned down at a club in Ohio, you know, back yeah, in Columbus. Early, back, exactly. In the, in the Ten minutes office. away from my house. <laughs> I know, man. That was, I'm a big Pantera fan from way back in the day. And the fact that, that people like Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins were still contributing to that event, you know, um, that seems to me to indicate that he would want their music to continue, not to use a trite kind of cliche sounding thing. But it seems like, you know, as you said, man, they're always having fun. You know, how, how could you not want to continue that, you know, after well, a respectful time off and whatnot, certainly right. you know, all that. And they had a lot of fun connections. I mean, Pat Smear, who used to be in Nirvana with Girl, yeah. you know, plays guitar for him. It's just, it's a fun, it's just good rock, rock and roll band. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah. that's really what you could say about that. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm hoping to see him continue. Um, one of the things, and, and we're going to definitely say this once we get into our next story, but, you know, celebrities live different lives, but they're people, too. Yep, I mean, if absolutely. you lost a friend or if you lost a longtime colleague, hey, you should mourn too. It doesn't matter how much you're making or if you're a rock and roll star or a digital producer like we are <laughs> you know, for a company. Right. Who knows? You know? um, I got to say, I from past interviews, I know Grohl never thought, never felt he was super tight with Kurt Cobain. But man, you look at that. You know, nobody from Nirvana applauded when Kurt Cobain committed suicide. It wasn't like, hey, yay, Kurt right, Cobain, right. we're go. free. Yeah, no, there was yeah. nothing like that. It was clearly tragic for all involved. Oh, yeah. And I saw a recent interview with um, Girl where Cobain came up, and Girl was good enough to talk about it, but Girl was still sad. And even though Girl and Cobain were best friends, it was sad. And again, Untimely death. Who knows what happened with Taylor Hawkins? But the fact is, he died when he was fifty. I mean, he died yeah. a lot sooner than he should have. And apparently, Hawkins and Grohl were really, really, really close. They were really tight, really good yeah. friends. And again, you can sit there and say, "Okay, why are you weeping over celebrity? They don't know you." But you know, I gotta tell you, Dave Grohl. He lost two people close to him that died a lot. Sooner than he needed to. I mean, I kind of feel bad for Dave Cole tonight. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's tough for him. Man. So. Yeah, I've been I've been thinking about that too. Like, what from a fan's perspective, you start wondering how are they dealing with it? What are they going through? You feel for you know Taylor's family who's married, had kids, you know, um, and you know I saw the speculation comes out about oh, there's an early toxicology report and there were ten substances in his body, including you know, and it was like. Okay, well, there was an opioid. 
well, he's a touring rock drummer. He might just have a legit prescription for Viking. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's that's what it it didn't say a lethal amount or anything or whatever. It's oh well there was THC. Oh come on. You the same thing that's legal in most of the country now. And there was one other substance that they tried to that they that they mentioned and it was like this is not the smoking gun that I think some people think it is. It sounds like this dude may have just had a heart attack or a stroke or something, you know, and similar to what happened with uh, with Bob Saget in the in the hotel room. You know, he, yeah, it, that's what happened. He died in his hotel room. You know, I mean, I. But yeah, just thinking about the the people left behind in that case, it's always sad. But when it is writ so large on an international scale, everybody knows that your friend died. Everybody yeah. knows that your husband or your dad or your uncle or whoever, just your, you know, your bandmate, whatever. Um, you know, I, yeah, I just, I, it's, that puts a whole other layer on, on the, on the grieving process, you know, which kind of goes back to what you were saying about celebrities lead different lives for good or ill. There it is, you know? Right. And it's tough. I mean, I know they're in a different financial state than we are and everything else, but I mean, it's definitely enough, even if he dies in his own bedroom. But, you know, hey, they're in a different country. I mean, I've been by Columbia right. before. They're 10 hours away. And yes, I'm sure they have a private plane and I'm sure they fly better than Joe and I would. But still, I mean, it, it's tough. And mm-hmm. again, I, I know comparing ourselves and. We're getting to it shortly, the big Oscar slap. I mean, these guys live different lives than we do, but if you really look at it, yeah, they make more money than we do, but they go for the same stuff. And yeah, my my heart goes out to to the uh, family and everything. I, I really appreciate it. Um, some of the people I've covered in the past are some Christian rock stars. And you know, sometimes the Christian community can say, oh, was he on drugs or what was right. happening? Well, okay. We could deal with that another time. Right now, a, a man died, and a lot younger than he was. They should have when he died. And a, a lot of the guys I've covered in the past, I've been really. I appreciate the fact that no matter who he was or everything, it was nothing but hey, our hearts breaking for him. What talented guy, and our hearts breaking for his family. I appreciate the response there, where right. there's no finger pointing or hey, look at you. It's more like oh my gosh, this guy died at fifty. That's horrifying. I mean, you know, yeah. what talent, you know, he, he left a family and everything. And, um, you know, I appreciate the response. I'll put it that way. Where yeah. In times of the past, I've kind of scratched my head. But, you know, it, it was good. It was good to hear. All right. <laughs> I think we need to get there. Uh, oh, later today, um, we have a, a guest, Doug Pfeiffer. Um, he's the CEO of a Marietta company. He wants to talk about mental health. He's got a program that he's trying that would help people. Uh, mental health's a big issue, and I'll be talking to him a little bit later on tonight. So stay tuned for that. But before we get there, I, I'm a little hesitant to go here, but we need to. Yep. The Oscars. Um, our friend Craig is very much in the movies. Um, Craig, I'm sure, was watching every second of the Oscars, not in hopes that craziness would happen like last night. He just likes the movies. I'm not as big into it, but that's fine. So I skipped the Oscars. So I opened up Twitter when I woke up this morning and go, wow, why is the Oscars and Will Smith and Chris Rock (laughs) trending all over Twitter? What's going on? And I read the story. You know, I've got really weird mixed feelings about the whole thing. Um, In case, and 
you know, we're going to release this tomorrow. I'm sure by tomorrow, if, if you care at all about pop culture, you've seen the video a billion times. But in case you haven't, um, you know, they had different uh, hosts. I think um, Chris Rock was presenting a award. Yep. Uh, Chris Rock's a comedian. And, yes, the Oscars is serious. The Oscars takes itself too seriously. But there's always when a comedian comes up, they make jokes. They poke a little fun at the celebrity. So... Chris Rock said a joke that, to be honest, probably shouldn't have said. It was a little bit over the top. Um, Jada Pickett-Smith, um, Joe and I could talk in this podcast for the next 10 hours about all the things that Will Smith and Jada Pickett-Smith have been through for their marriage. <laughs> but of all the stuff, you know, she has alopecia, I believe, is the title of her right. condition, where she loses um, her hair. I don't think it's deadly, but it's it's tough, and it's really tough for women. Yeah, I don't know if Chris Rock knew it or not, but he said the joke. We're not comics, uh, Joe, even on teams that we use at work. I'm sure right. we've all said things we shouldn't have said. So it was funny because in the crowd, Will Smith thought it was funny. He joked. Yep. He's like, ha, ha, ha. He looked over at James Pickett-Smith. She was horrified. So Will wanted to defend his honor. So Will runs up on the stage during the Oscars, during a live telecast, slaps Chris Rock, walks back to the stage and starts cussing him out from, you know, back of his seat. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, Joe. I mean, I, I think that the joke crossed the line. I think we're set up a really dangerous path where if you're a presenter or a comic or a sports athlete, you people can't come up and attack you. Now, to right. Will Smith's credit, he didn't punch him; he just slapped him. I mean, he could have just started sucker punching him and doing a bunch of stuff. But still, you can't go up on stage. It doesn't matter if you're Will Smith, Joe Castle, or Chris Pugh. You can't go on stage and smack somebody. It, it was just very weird. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think. Uh, I mean. Clearly, I mean, alopecia is a chronic condition. It's, as far as I know, it's not a, a, a any sort of fatal, you know, but but it clearly has huge effects on people. I mean, you know, when, it, when you're talking about something like that, um, that, that, you know, in, in so many cases um, makes a huge difference in your appearance, you know. Um, and regardless of what anybody thinks about the Smiths or their relationship or them individually or whatever, um, I mean, everybody knew that there had been, I, I mean, it, it seems like that there was a history there between yeah. between Chris Rock and the Smiths and he'd made jokes before. Um, now, back in the day, I had a saying and it was, for me, it was true. Clearly, I, I tempered it around people. But to me, if nothing is sacred, then anything can be funny and life on this ball of mud can be hard enough without laughter right 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 uh if we get to a point where the where the the comedians who are you know some of the most reliable truth tellers any civilization has going back to the beginning of civilization um if they're not safe because they told a joke um, and yeah, you're right. It's not like Will Smith jumped him and pummeled him on the stage or anything. I will also say it's not like uh, Will Smith did this. As you said, he was laughing at first, then he saw his wife upset, then he did this 
seemed a little performative to me, not for yeah. nothing. But, uh, you know, it's not like he did this when Dave Bautista was presenting an uh, Oscar or when The Rock was up there presenting an Oscar. Right. No, he went up there when it was a dude that he had 50 or 60 pounds on and, I don't know, four or five inches. I mean, if we were talking about a boxing match between these two dudes or an MMA uh, fight, we'd be going like, whoa, that tail of the tape is not looking good for Rock. You know what right. I'm saying? right. That's another thing that, you know, and, and there's, a, there's a whole other issue here that I started to kind of scrape the surface on today. Um, I, I, I almost waded into it on Twitter a few times because there were people who were saying, well, the Smiths are Scientologists. Well, they're not anymore. They were. Right. <laughs> and she was into it more than he was and this back and forth. And, and it was another one of those kind of tendrils of, of smoke coming off of this, this Oscar's fire, you know. But, but something that a lot of people were bringing up was like, look, within Scientology, which they were in for years, and she was into it relatively seriously, that's a means of communication. Intimidation and, and, and slapping, literally. Um, I, yeah, I don't... I, clearly, uh, Chris Rock shouldn't have made the joke. I thought his apology, his written apology today was... was excellent thought it covered the bases he talked about his friends etc um and he seemed contrite about it last night and not from a fearful perspective i think right after the incident um chris rock who um as a comedian certainly has my respect right. um i thought he immediately took the right tack like oh yeah okay cool you know yeah i will keep her name out of my blank mouth whatever yeah. you know yeah um, but I, you know, there's so many, so many takes online about well, it's about time you, 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 uh, you know, f around and find out, or if you say something about somebody's family, you ought to expect this. No, that's that's a terrible take. That's a terrible take. That is that is saying that that random violence is okay. Yeah, I've heard some well-known people almost say, "Hey, look, you're ripping on somebody's wife." Well, like, and they put themselves, hey, if that's my wife, or if it's your wife, or it's my, right. or if it's my own wife, not the celebrity's wife, but right, right. it. And, see, you gotta think about this, too. Yeah, Chris Rock went over the line, but I don't want to necessarily crucify Chris Rock over this. I, I think about this, okay? I don't think we're ripping each other to shreds here on this podcast, but I think knowing that this is like a performance area. I mean, right. hey, I want to show myself and what I truly feel and believe, but there's things I would say on the podcast I wouldn't necessarily say in real life, even though this podcast is going out to everybody. I'll give you a prime example. I'm at work. Joe and I work together. We have a... It's kind of like... It's semi-goofy, semi-serious uh, call with all of our national people that do the same job that Joe and I do. I don't usually like to speak or do anything during the call. I had to lead it last Friday, which was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And it was fun. And it was fine. I mean, I thought I did fine. I, I, you did. You did do fine. <laughs> if, if, if I released it as a podcast, I would probably sound different than I did on the podcast. So it's a little bit more subdued at that time. Right. But I'll put it like this. I bring that up because I say... Stuff that we talk about in the podcast, like on Wednesday, I, I do a weird, goofy pop culture story, uh, show with um, Paul and Joe Frost. 
And we say goofball stuff. Like, we did a show on Bishop Sycamore where I was trying to justify <laughs> Bishop Sycamore and say, yeah, it's okay to pass bad checks and everything else like that. Okay, understand it's a podcast. We're saying goofy things. Hopefully it'll make you laugh and everything. That national call that I led last Friday, even though it's a little bit more fun in nature, right. I wouldn't say that there because it's a different venue. It's a different... Right, type. right. Or, different, different audience. Different, now, yeah, different scenario. Yeah. Right, and if Joe and I, and we know each other well enough, but let's say I call Joe out of the blue, I may not say the same things to Joe. Not that I don't know him or I don't trust him, but a personal phone call is different than what we're doing today on the podcast. Yeah. So I bring all of that up to say, Will Smith and his family shouldn't just take it and roll over. But in, they should understand by now, especially Will, who's been from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air days, when you're at Oscars and when a comedian gets up, the comedian's going to say jokes and the comedian's going to say stuff. And like the rest of us, we, we say stuff that's overlooked, okay? And we apologize for it and we move on. I don't think Will Smith, he didn't read the room correctly. Now, granted... Him and Chris Rock have had a feud in the past and everything else. But even if they had the feud, don't walk up and slap somebody. Either, and don't start yelling and cussing because everyone in the room was like, looking at each other like, what the heck is going on here? Right. Maybe just walk out. Yell. Why don't you just say, okay, we walk out. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to flick people off. You just walk out the room. You're all good to go and everything. I just don't think he read the room right. Yeah, Chris Rock shouldn't have said the joke, but it's a joke. I mean, part of jokes are, you laugh at jokes and it's like, oh, wow, that's weird, that's different. And yeah, we got to be careful. We can never say making fun of somebody's, I mean, I got two special needs kids. I mean, I would be furious if you start ripping my kids for my my oldest brother. He's he's 10 years older than me, so I mean, my entire life, I've, I've been hearing people make jokes you know, right. friends in school and whatnot, and you know, then I kind of once they get within a certain circle of my friendship, I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe don't say that around me or my right. my family or whatever, just for this reason. It's yeah. cool if you do it. That's fine. I think it's hurtful and mean, whatever. But you know, I'm I'm you will cross a line if you do that within a certain with within earshot of certain people. You know. Yeah. Um, but I think something that and I'm glad you brought this up about reading the room and whatnot. What room were they in? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was for the Oscars. And what was Chris doing? What he was there to do, which was riff on people in the audience. Should he yeah. riff? Should he riff on the wife that on this on the on a woman that he's had a bit of a, a feud with? You know, her, her husband he's had a bit of a feud with. Uh, no, probably not. You know what? But the reaction that Will Smith had. If, if the events, if the proceedings of the event, if the evening's proceedings have become that offensive to you, maybe you should leave as a sign of protest, as you say. Right. You know. right. Oh, he didn't do that, did he? No, he didn't. Why didn't he? Because he knew he was a favorite for the Best Actor Oscar. That's why he didn't. <laughs> Boy, what a powerful statement it could have been. Right. If he hadn't been there, why is he not here? Well, this is his protest that would have made a much bigger statement to me than trying to, you know, trying to, you know, cover for himself after he laughed at a joke that he thought was funny 
or at least he thought he should pretend was funny and then he saw his wife react negatively then he became mr i'm going to defend my family's honor because once again you know we got the receipts there's video of this you know so yeah i i i wish it hadn't happened i think it was a distraction i think it was a distraction from Questlove's phenomenal movie summer of soul oh my goodness that's what chris rock was there to present for and we we watched that movie and it was i mean i love it i love that movie there's so much good music and such a good story and there's you know overshadowed by this silliness that didn't have to happen and that you know? what happened like a minute after that too yeah and, and the other thing too was it was weird and you know the crowd didn't know what to do but you know will smith was up for best actor he gets best actor he said sobbing apologizing they give him right. a saying ovation i just read the room you know hmm. and I, I was a little upset because like uh we had a story to i i think we had it i, I I'm off today, so I didn't get to read everything that was up from Gannett, but, you know... All eight the, gazillion words, you didn't read them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Understandable. When the, <laughs> when the Oscars were saying something about, you know, they were going to try to remove him, but they're all sitting in different parts of the crowd. Like, some of the representatives. Like, the representatives yeah. were in charge. Yeah. It, it's almost like, somebody should just tap Will Smith on the shoulder and say, hey, buddy, just go to the other room for a while. Yeah. And you might say, oh, what happens if he wins the award? Okay. Will Smith's not here except the honor. You know, Jay's here. Or, you know, Denzel could get up and accept on his behalf. Yeah. It's well, happened before. Certainly. Certainly. Yeah. Wilker released a Twitter video talking about how happy he is to just be done with it. It, it. it just, it was a surreal moment. And thankfully, you know, with all the crap in the world, it was just a nice pop culture story we could talk about on podcast. I mean, it's nothing compared to what's happening in Ukraine or the possibility of nuclear war or whatever else gets might be. Right, right. But it's just... Got to keep it in perspective, for sure. Absolutely. I, I guess, and, you know, forgive me, Gannett, if, if we tweet this or Instagram this today. The thing I dislike about the whole thing is, okay, are you Team Rock or are you Team Will Smith? <laughs> no, it's just both sides. We're yeah. a little more of a line. We live and we learn, and yeah, it's all good. So. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's clear clearly was no winner here. I mean, at, but the, the yeah this this idea that one of them was in the right. Again, that goes back to our for some reason our American, particularly American fascination with binary choices. It's well, it's this or this. Right. You know, it's you're either with us or against us, or it's my team or your team or. No, you know, it's totally possible for two people in a scenario to both be wrong and have legitimate feelings behind what they did. Yeah. Still doesn't make yeah. it right, you know. It's everything is not everything is not that clear cut, you know. It's like when you hear people got a divorce. I mean, there are some rare exceptions when it's like, oh, he was just so horrible or she was so horrible. But usually right. both sides contribute. It yeah. happens, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's tough. Hey, we have a few minutes. Um, we should be visited hopefully by Doug Pfeiffer, uh, CEO of a uh, Marietta company, mm-hmm. talking about a mental health program he has. Uh, Joe, let me do some promos and sure thing. Uh, let me know what you think about what's happening in the meantime. Um, we got a pretty big interview coming tomorrow. Um, the joke around the podcast network is who's going to be the first NFL player? That was Ashton Doolin. Of the Indianapolis Colts, we talked to him last year, and now we've got our first NBA players coming on. Ah. Ke- 
Kevin Love of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, he'll be on to talk about, uh, he's got a new dog program, and um, we're going to ask him a little bit about the Cavs and um, the mental health thing. I, he's, he's had a lot of great words about that. Mm-hmm. We're taping the interview tomorrow. They say, hey, can't release the April 4th, so I always follow embargoes. I'm keeping my good journalism hat on. Uh, it's, so, it's very, very important, man. That's yes. Pl- Part right. of the arrangements, what what keeps right. the system working, I agree. Or Kevin Love will be, be the last NBA player we ever talked to you on the podcast. <laughs> That's for so. sure. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're taping that tomorrow. Uh, we've got an odds maker coming on Wednesday on our Etc. show. Um, we're not getting to gambling. I'm not a gambling guy, but he's released um, over-under odds for the NFL wins and losses. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, it's going to be a crazy NFL season with all the stuff the Browns, Bengals, and Steelers are doing. Um, also, an old friend of mine, Mark Podolsky, he was a, he's a sports editor at the News Herald up in the Cleveland area. I used to work there, and he worked there when Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Mitch Trubisky went to high school. So for wow. our Behind the Steel Curtain podcast, uh, Mitch appears to be the next starting quarterback for the Steelers. So we're going to talk to him about what he remembered from Mitch Staley, Trubisky. And speaking of Staley, uh, Joe, one of the unusual things about my life is... I used to work with an NFL coach. Um, Brandon Staley, who's the Los Angeles Chargers head coach, used to be a news a sports clerk at the News Herald um, wow. near the end of where I was. Now, we usually didn't talk to sports clerks. They usually didn't talk to us, but very unusual. So I wanted to ask Mark what he thought about being the boss of a current NFL head coach, <laughs> which is very strange because Mark's not the old himself. You know, we're talking like, you know, Mark's in his 80s or something. Right, right. Um, yeah, lots lots of stuff going on. Um, you can, you know, check our podcast page. A lot of ways you can support the show. Oh, it, it's been a... I mean, I'm off work and I feel overwhelmed. It's been a busy <laughs> day. So. Right, that's the thing, man. When you work in the news business, even on your days off, if you, if you see the news, you just gravitate toward it. The next thing you know, you realize... I've been following this story for six and a half hours now. I gotta stop searching for it. <laughs> well, actually, it was nice. I, I got on a pretty good run. Um, was able to book a bunch of interviews today. So as I was doing other stuff, had my email up, and we we're just going back and booking things. Oh, I forgot. Um, looks like next Monday, Marla Ridenauer. Uh, she's a columnist from the Acrobatic Journal. Uh, Joe. Why? I think you worked yesterday. I thought I saw your name on there yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, you, you probably saw it um, over the weekend. Very um, compelling and very. Uh, it was tough to read. Not that it wasn't yeah. a good column, uh, but Marla wrote about her experiences. Um, uh, how do we say this? PG uh, suffering a sexual assault yeah. uh, back in the seventies on her college. Uh, she does a great job covering the Cavs and Browns up at the Acrobatic Journal and. Hey, the the Sean Watson thing triggered something in her, and she took the step. She's going to still be a sports writer. She'll still be covering the Cavs and Browns, but she shared her story, and you know, it, it makes you think. And yeah. you know, a lot of people. I saw a YouTube video, Joe. Somebody <laughs> issued a YouTube video to yell at Marla, saying that's not right. Well, Marla never said to Sean Watson that sort was guilty. It was just what happened and what he was accused right. of. Right. I'll tell you, there's a lot. I mean, I, 
I talked to Mark Podolsky at South Conservancy today, and Mark's a sports area up in the Cleveland area. Mark's like, Chris, it, it's wild up there. And Mark likes the Browns. Mark's apologies for him. But, man, it's going to be a crazy NFL season. I, yep. I'm looking forward to talking about it because, yeah, there's always some stuff going on, on around the NFL. So Yeah, that, that, that column by Marlowe's, I mean, it was a tough read because it was so good. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh, I, yeah. I mean, that was that was the thing, and it was uh, one of the one of the people on on the staff was like, if you haven't read this, go read it. If you haven't read it because of your, you know, as as part of your your daily duties here, put put eyes on it. And and it's true. And that's she was in the position to write and say many of the things. I'm sure that so many uh, victims of of sexual abuse and sexual assault wanted to say and still want to say. I mean, and, and look, Deshaun Watson is not the first guy in, in the NFL or pro sports that that has had these types of controversies, issues, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and in some cases, when they are charged and, and convicted, straight up crimes. Right. Um, and it's something that we do need to talk about. So I was I, clearly so sorry that she had to go through it when she did and then had to go through it again um but it makes you think as you say you know just especially for people like us you know the uh especially the 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 males and you know uh, us the the paler males who just kind of blunder through life with all kinds of concerns that just bounce off of us by virtue of who we are right um and it doesn't make you a it doesn't align you with any political side. It doesn't make you a snowflake or a reactionary or anything like that. It's just you have to accept that there are things that are never going to affect me or you, Chris, except the closest it'll come to us is if it affects a loved one. You yeah. know, it's just... Uh, and coming to terms with that, I mean, here, I'm, I'm coming up on 50 and just beginning to scratch the surface of some of the things that I don't know and have to try to understand and, you know, you got a 13-year-old kid. I don't want him to, to not have to wait so long to figure out how to be a, a more decent person, to try to make a more right. decent world, you know. And that's why I really respect what Marla did. And, again, if you all haven't read it, find that column and, 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 and put the words in your brain and think about it. I'm trying to remember Paul Link here on the podcast notes. Yeah. And, you know, I echo what Joe says, but to really bring, bring it home um, – Oh, boy. How do I say this? I have a lot of conservative friends out there that when I've, I've spoken out in the past two years about some social justice issues that we've seen, George Floyd, and some of this other stuff, you know, man, you've changed. You know, how have you done this? No, I, I haven't changed. It's like Joe says, you're a white male. That doesn't mean we need to be a ultra-feminist or a ultra, you know, civil rights activist or something, but... Right we've got to understand how the other half lives. And right. um, one of the um, best, how we call it, the best um, tributes to Marla over the weekend is so many sports writers that I respect retweeted her column and said, hey, you got to read this. I mean, yep. national people and everything else. So very good. Well, hey, um, speaking, um, we got our guests online. Uh, Doug Pfeiffer from Marietta. Uh, is on with us. Uh, Doug, how's it going, Hi. man? Uh, fantastic. Good, good. Well, I was having trouble uh, getting on. Oh, no worries. Well, well it's no, good to have you on. I was having trouble getting on, so I'm sorry I'm late. 
Oh, no, you're, you're totally fine. Uh, Doug, tell us about your mental health program. Um, you're one of your business development executives. Um, I'm a journalist here in the Ohio area, and I like sharing some of our best content. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't exactly remember the story, but I share stuff on LinkedIn to kind of just say, hey, here's some stuff going on with our journalists. Yeah. And she reached out to me and said, boy, we have a program that could definitely help. Uh, so tell me about this program. And I'm sure we have some people maybe that are suffering from an issue. And, uh, and let's know how you can help there. Okay. All right. Um, well, I'm Doug Pfeiffer. I'm uh, the owner and president of The Resilient Purpose, which um, actually grew out of my day job is I'm a CEO of Life and Purpose Behavioral Health, which is a behavioral health agency in Marietta, Ohio, and we cover Washington County. And during the pandemic, um, we decided that we wanted to kind of have more outreach and more connection with the community and to really support people during this real challenging time. So we started The Resilient Purpose, focusing on, uh, we began with a podcast called The Resilient Purpose Podcast. So we have a lot of episodes related to mental health and addiction uh, services and areas related to that. Um, but most recently, we put out an online platform uh, called Resilient Purpose Plus. And so the goal of that is it's, it has lots of video content related to mental health issues, or mental health um, educational uh, supports, uh, learning about how your brain works and how to build resilience and be able to take care of your mental wellness. Um, one of the main motivating factors of this was that there's certainly still stigma around people taking care of their mental health, uh, reaching out for therapy, going to see somebody to support their, their mental health needs. Um, and so that often leads to a lot of maladaptive coping where they're not taking care of themselves. They're not reaching out. They're not, they're not comfortable kind of taking that step. So we really wanted to create a platform that allows people to number one, get support without having to reach out for therapy if they're not comfortable but also to proactively build a resilient self so that when they are faced with adversity, uh, traumas, uh, things like COVID, um, that they are better equipped to handle those adversities um, to where we find that people tend to wait till it gets really bad before they reach out for help. And we want people to start working on things early to really build resilience, much like they would want to take care of their physical health we want people to take care of their mental health without needing to wait till there's a problem so it's it's a platform that kind of addresses many layers uh, people that can use it as a preventative measure but also people can support themselves when they start to feel like they're struggling I, I think over the past two years you know, we're going to uh, Kevin Love as a guest on in a week or so and um, you know he he did so much to speak up to mental health and everything. And yeah. I think with him and some other people, they've really kind of shined the light on, okay, do it. In, because you're right, maybe 10, 20 years ago, mental health was like, oh, my goodness, if I have a mental health issue, you know, I'm stigmatized. I'm, you know, yeah. people aren't talking to me anymore or anything like that. Um, what What's your best advice of, of just, you know, I, I think we also do self-checks. And to say, when would I feel like I would need some help? Like, is there something where you're saying, because, like, we're all getting stressed around COVID. We're all getting stressed around other things. How do we know when we need to get that checked out, though? 
You know what I mean? Because there's a difference there between just, hey, I'm feeling stressed today to, hey, I might really need to get some help here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the easiest or one of the, the main things is when you start seeing that things are starting to break down in different parts of your life, whether it's in your relationship or your workplace, um, maybe just a family or, um, you know, the, the thing is, is the mental health is, is part of who we are. So even when we have physical health problems, that impacts our mental health. Um, and that if we can actually proactively take care of our mental health and actually treat it as important as like something that we should be caring for every day, then we're going to, we're going to impact us holistically. We're going to feel better physically. We're going to have better chances to have better relationships. Um, I think about you, you mentioned in Kevin Love, like people in those situations, they're not allowed, you know, we, we kind of have this stigma where we're not allowed to take care of ourselves, but we have to kind of recognize that mental health isn't about people, you know, being broken. It's about people are dealing with life events, life experiences that have overwhelmed their stress response system and they need help to get back on track. They need help to kind of work through those experiences. Um, certainly if, if people are feeling more irritable, um, starting to really want to disconnect from people, like they start not wanting to do things that they normally typically do. Maybe they don't go out with their friends as much as they used to, or they find themselves just really kind of disconnecting from others. Cause that is often something we see where people start to disconnect. They start to not want to leave their house and isolate um, from people. So I think when you start seeing that, like, man, I'm really I'm struggling, I'm starting to do things that are not healthy for myself. I'm coping in ways that are not like I'm eating too much or I'm drinking too much or using drugs, or I'm starting to get into a lot of arguments and fights with people around me. You know, that's a sign that we're really struggling with stress, that we're really having trouble coping in a healthy way. Um, so kind of that mental health check you mentioned it's like it's really important that we reflect on our day you know like how how are we doing today am i kind of really struggling um am i doing well am i did i feel good today you know and if i'm not feeling good what might be the reason for that and sometimes we can do that on our own sometimes we need to kind of reach out and get a get somebody else to help us with that but right yeah, you know, I only bring this up because this is kind of the hot topic of the day. But I, you know, I look at that Will Smith, Chris Rock, you know, oh, thing geez, from yeah. the Oscars. Yeah, and, and I don't want to accuse anybody of anything, but it, it seems like maybe part of what happened with Will Smith is just like, you know, you talk here not just mental health, but you know, stress. And it seems like, you know, you kind of say, man, why did Will Smith react like that? And it seems like you know maybe he was suffering some stress that we all go from from time to time mm -hmm. yeah i mean he could you know unfortunately i don't you know know yeah yeah we don't know for sure yeah but but i would imagine that you know he wasn't you know in his best state you know like he yeah, wasn't right. in a state that he was feeling comfortable with and he was in a re you know seemed to be maybe more reactive than you know used to I mean, and you know sometimes our lot you know we're sometimes we're like easily dysregulated in certain situations so maybe somebody is you know 
making fun of my wife or whatever and that certainly yeah. kind of hits a real uh, tap in for me to where you know for whatever reason it really kind of you know triggers me in some way uh, a lot of times because of things that have gone on in our life and our life experiences we get triggered by things we have no idea why like right. our brain knows our brain knows why it, it 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 reminds them of a particular past event that consciously we're not aware of so oftentimes we're finding that we blow up over things that we're not really understanding why we kind of lost our cool and lost it in that situation and so you know will might not even realize why did i lose such control in that right. very public uh situation you know it could have just you know his brain just kind of for whatever reason needed to go into that fight mode at that point you know and and, and that's the thing if he's not taking care of himself and and he had a really bad day and he didn't do anything to kind of stay regulated and help himself he becomes very vulnerable to situations right. like that so well and again we're not pointing the finger at anybody it's just more of a case of this happens to all of us at different times and you know i think you raised a good point you know talking about the stress and mental health thing i mean it, it's something that if you don't keep a regular check on um you run the risk of getting yourself in trouble for, for many different reasons um you guys have this resilient purpose plus program and it's yeah. really neat i mean you you talk about a membership call or a mentorship call, so it sounds like you can call somebody, ask for advice. Just learn more about how to keep yourself in place. Like you said, you want to create a house um, How So, I don't know if you can hear me. We seem to be breaking up. But, yes. Um, our, mm -hmm. our, our platform kind of has we have two two layers to it so one is just an overall platform that has um, video content um, they're short videos they're like five minutes or less um, some uh, some of them are educational so they focus on things like understanding how our stress response works learning how to change the brain uh, you know uh, understanding the importance of connections and building a therapeutic support network then we also have a, a, a many videos that are really focused on staying regulated so we have a lot of breathing activities we have lots of uh, relaxation type activities like progressive muscle relaxation we have a lot of mind body kind of activities to help us stay in a regulated state so that we can then tolerate the stress that we experience when you get the subscription you can get it monthly you can pay 1177 a month or you can pay $99 a year um, and get the whole subscription for a year. Um, you also get monthly mentorship calls. And so we have a, every month, one, one day a month or one for like an hour, uh, I get on and we cover a specific topic. So like this month we're covering being able to push ourselves out of our comfort zone. So people who have the subscription can jump on the calls and we can talk about particular topics. We've talked about um, kind of diving into those regulation videos last month and kind of helping people kind of use those videos uh, effectively. The other thing that we just rolled out, we're rolling out this week, and I wanted to kind of offer a uh, coupon for your viewers, is sure. a Build Your Resilient Self uh, course. It's eight modules uh, that kind of, it's designed to be kind of like an eight-week program, and in each 
is a foundational topic like our first week or first module is about breathe laugh move which is our resilience tenants so if we breathe more we breathe better we laugh more and we move we're gonna have better mental health and better resilience and then we talk about regulation so each week has a particular topic there's discussion questions there's kind of activities that we want you to participate in um, because you know if you don't work on your mental health you don't improve your mental health so we we actually have all the information to kind of like it's the blueprint to being resilient and so if you actually implement what the blueprint says you know you'll start seeing success um, and so we wanted to so we wanted to kind of create a course that allows for people to have good structure in using the platform whereas the other piece just the platform in general doesn't have a lot of structure so people don't want if they really need structure on how to use the platform the course is really best for them if there's somebody that likes to just kind of look through the platform and pick a video and, and learn from it then the the just the resilient purpose plus platform will work uh, effectively as well but we wanted to offer uh, a, a beta for we, we would like to have some beta testers to use the platform so we're offering it at 55 or 50 percent off um and so we um the coupon code and i can give you or kaylee can give you the the links if you i don't know if you can post it yeah um, yeah we can but post it's, it. mm-hmm. it's at um, um i'd have to uh, resilient uh purpose plus dot uscreen uh dot io which is the name of which is the the platform and the the resilient purpose build your resilient self course um and use the co- uh, coupon the ohioan which is the name of your podcast if they put mm-hmm. that in they'll get 50 percent off um the course and what we want is people to use the course and then complete uh, an evaluation at the end just saying giving us feedback we want to learn like what worked well what didn't um what would you like to know more about um what would help and, and things like that so and the great thing it's online so wherever you're at in ohio or wherever else you listen to it you can check it out anywhere well great it works, well, thank it works you. on your phone or your computer it, it's um and you know down the line we would like to make it into an app an actual app but right now the, the online platform is very easy to access and use what well, it sounds like a good membership you know type program hey it's the cost of netflix so if you're subscribed to netflix why not also it's actually cheaper your actually health. cheaper yeah. right right it's, they <laughs> keep raising their prices so, yes uh, yeah definitely well and hey nothing gets netflix but also invest in your mental health too it's a good investment as well yeah. well doug thank you so much for your time um again brazilian plus he's the ceo he's got a new program we'll have the links on our podcast page click on the links and he's offering you a discount just put in the high one it should be good well hey right. thanks to doug thanks to um Joe and everyone else who uh, helped make the show work. Uh, have a great night, everybody. Uh, Doug, hang out for a second afterwards. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.